ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the verdict is in. And we're... Hello everybody and welcome to the Crib Point Football Netball Club Community Podcast where we talk to members past and present about the good, the bad and everything in between. Hopefully you can leave today with something you didn't know about and we'll provide you with some laughs along the way. Let's get into it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to the first guest on the podcast, Andrew Wiskin. I've known Andrew since the age of about four, and he has been a role model in my life ever since. Having grown up alongside his eldest son, Joel, and having been coached by him, I think it's fair to say that his impact around the club is next to none. Andrew's love for the club and his storytelling ability was so profound when I sat down to have a chat with him that I've had to split it into two parts. In part one, Andrew touches on his childhood growing up in Hastings, his early football days as a junior, and his progression through the ranks to the elite level. Towards the back end, Andrew reminisces on his playing days at arch-rival Hastings and their successes. We also touch on a few light-hearted moments along the way, so sit back and learn a little more about the man they call Barn. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello Andrew, welcome to the podcast. G'day Jacob, how are you mate? I'm not bad, how are you? Yeah, I'm going alright. Yeah, that's good to hear. I've got to admit, when I first signed up to doing this, Steve came to me and said, do you want to do a podcast for the club? I was a bit nervous. I've never done anything like this, but I'm glad to have you on because I know that I've known you since the age of about four. Yeah. I've no, grown up alongside Joel. Yeah, that's right. I think we'll be fine, Jacob. Yeah, we'll be well, all good, mate. You're doing good. a great job. <laughs> it's good early. It's good early. Well, let's give it a crack anyway. We'll yeah. see how we go. Um, so, obviously, you've had a pretty illustrious career at Crib Point. I was actually a bit surprised to find out a lot about you because I didn't know quite the extent of um, how good your career has been. Right. And um, I want to start back at the start. Yeah. So 1969, I think, was the year you were born. It was. Right at the very start. That is at the start. 10th of of October is my birthday. Yeah. All the listeners wanted to know that. Yes. Yeah. Um, So you grew up in Richmond, is that true? Or were you just born in Richmond? No, I was born in Richmond. Born in Richmond. I actually... When I was born, my dad was a principal at a school in a town called Wallen. Yep. And there was a residence that came with the school. So that's where I first lived. And then when I was about one, dad got a job at Hastings Primary School and they, mum and dad bought their first house, which was in Balnarring. Yep. Yeah, so moved to Balnarring when I was about one. Right, okay, so very early on. Yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. So obviously you started your football career at Hastings in the juniors. Yeah, played you, junior footy there. Do you remember what age you started playing? Yeah, I was in grade two when I started playing footy. Grade two, so probably about eight years old. Yeah, about seven, seven or eight, I think I was, and it was under elevens back then. Under so I think I played about four or five years of under elevens. Yeah, and were you as good back then as you were growing no, up? No, no. Because I was only seven and I was playing against 11-year-olds, <laughs> I rode the pine pretty hard in the early um, early days. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. We've all been there. No. So, um, <laughs> no, I, um, I played mainly because my dad was sick of me nagging him to play. And right. my two older brothers were in that age group. So he, he got soft and he let me play. Yep. So, yeah, early on I didn't get a lot of a go because I was pretty young. Yeah. 
So before we get into sort of your progression through up to playing for Richmond, yeah, you drafted to Richmond. Um, before we get there, I'd like to touch on a bit of a subject you might see, not see coming. Yeah. Um, so if I take you all the way back, I think you might have been seventeen or eighteen years old. Yeah. As a school carnival, I think, or a, or maybe a sort of one of those lightning premierships they did maybe back then. Right. Um, a Hastings Somerville game. Right. Um, you're playing against a few. A uh, few schoolmates that you went to school with. Yeah. If you remember. Right. And okay. I'm not sure how far through the game it was, yeah. but a bit of a melee might have broken out. Yeah. And I think you had two decisions to make. You can either back your teammates up or you can sort of be the mediator. And do you remember what you chose that No, nah, I can't even remember can't. what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, that's not a good start. Yeah. Right. If I add the word Navi in there, do you right. remember now? Yes, okay. It's a different game. It was an interleague game when Cameron got in a fight. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's now the game. Talking. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> now I know. So it was an under seventeen Mornington Peninsula versus Nepean Football League representative game. Because back then familiar. the leagues weren't combined. There was the Mornington Peninsula League, yep. and there was the Nepean League. And I was playing in the Mornington Peninsula League, and Navi was playing for the Nepean. So we were playing against each other. Yeah, and there was a blue, and. I it was getting a bit willing, and as you know, when you're 16, 17, <laughs> plenty of testosterone pumping around, <laughs> and it was getting a bit out of hand, and I remember Nabby was in there fighting, and I grabbed him and said it was me, and I put my arms around him and held him and said, just stay with me, Nabby, you'll be right <laughs> to stay with me, and when I put his arms around him and pinned his arms... One of my teammates punched him in the face. <laughs> is that, that is the story? How, that is how it went. Yeah. I think Navi recalls it a bit differently. I yeah. think you were trying to beat up on him. I think that's how he remembers no, it. No, no. I knew my limitations. He, he's got me well and truly covered in those stocks, that's for sure. Yeah. All right. So we'll move on. So from there, you played 122 games with Hastings, dating back to 1985. I'm not sure if that's the juniors no, or seniors. Uh, 86, I played 86. my first senior game. Okay. So in 1985, I actually... No, I didn't play any... I was under first year under-17s. I didn't have under-19s then. It was under-17s, reserves and seniors. Yep. That was the senior club. And I actually was, my dad told me later that I was going to play a game in 1985. They wanted to pick me in the seniors and my dad said I was too young and too small, right. which probably was fair enough. So the following year, 1986, I made my senior debut, but I missed a lot of that year at the start of the year because I broke my wrist playing school football. Right. So I missed a lot of, a lot, probably half the season that year. Yeah. And then the following year, did you play that entire year and then you were drafted? Or was it yeah, so in 1987, I played the whole year in the seniors and that was my first year out of under-17, so yeah. my first year as a senior player. And we played finals and I had a pretty good year. I came second in the best and fairest that year. Yeah. Uh, I don't really think I was the best, second best player in the team. I think I got a few sympathy votes because I was quite young. Yeah. Um, but the thing that really, that I had some games that um, I knew that there was some scouts watching yeah. back then because um, they still had, it was in the transition of zones and the draft. It was only the second year of the national draft. And then I tried out for a carnival team that was an under-18 competition. Yep. And 
that competition was, um, our team was called the Bryan Royal Squad and it was named after people in the area and you went and you played against other, be like the TAC Cup sort of thing, yeah, it would be yeah. sort of a bit like that, but there was about six teams from all around Victoria and we went and stayed at Monash University and we played a, a carnival at Waverley over a week. And our team was pretty strong. We had, there was Mornington Peninsula right down all of the Mornington Peninsula, Gippsland and Latrobe Valley. And we ended up winning the carnival. And from that, that's pretty much where I think I got drafted. Right. Do you remember if there was any AFL players running around in that carnival at that time? Uh, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So... Matthew Knights was playing for uh, the Mildura team. Um, We had seven or eight guys from our team that got drafted, and out of that, maybe three or four played um, senior footy, but Matthew Knights probably be the main one. It's a pretty pretty notable name. Um, So obviously then you went pick 53 in the under-18s at Richmond. Yeah. What are your best memories sort of from from that year? Um, the thing was, I suppose, what I was a bit spewing about is when, when I'd broken my arm, or my wrist, I think it was, I was training at Essendon in the under-19 squad because they were our zone. Yeah. And I would have loved to have played at Essendon because they were a strong club, had good money. One of my best mates, who's actually Joel's godfather, Tony, played five years at Essendon. And um, the club was in a lot better shape. And when I got drafted, I actually thought the only club that I, that sent me a letter to say that they were interested in drafting me was Melbourne. So I remember the day of the draft. I was at school. I was doing year 12 at the time and um, thought I'd get drafted if it was by anyone. It'd be Melbourne. And then my mum rang the school and I went to the office and they said, <laughs> no, you've uh, you've been drafted. And I said, oh, by Melbourne. And mum said, no, Richmond. <laughs> so I didn't particularly like Richmond because <laughs> yeah. my family, my bro- I'm a Collingwood supporter <laughs> yeah. and I've got, I'm one of five um, boys and three of my brothers barracked for Richmond. But anyway... Um, yeah, went to Richmond, so I was, once I got picked, you were sort of just happy to be picked up. Yeah, I just, it was pretty tough, to be honest. I think I, from that, before I got drafted, footy just sort of just happened, and you just didn't really work too hard at it, and then you go to a club, and everyone's got ability, mm. and I probably didn't work as hard as I should have, and didn't get as fit as I could have, and don't know if I was good enough to play a senior game, but... Definitely didn't really give it a red-hot crack while I was there, which is probably, if you said any regrets you had in footy, that would be my biggest regret, not to give it a real yeah. good go and see where it could take you. Um, yeah, definitely. So it wasn't, to be honest, Jacob, it wasn't an enjoyable time in the time I was there. I was a bit home. I was living in the city. I actually boarded with my mate Tony, Joel's godfather, yeah. um, with a family out near Essendon that took boarders, so lived there, and then, um, yeah, played footy at Richmond in the under-19s and reserves, but mainly in the 19s, and then wasn't going as well as they would have liked, and then they wanted to delist me. So when I got delisted, which was a couple of, maybe there was only three or four games in the season, um, I went to Frankston Dolphins and played there for three or four games, and I played one game in the seniors there. But, yeah, Richmond was hard yards. Yeah. Do you remember some of the faces you sort of come across? Oh, there were some great players still there. Yeah. But the, the club was in 
turmoil when I got there. They had no money. Um, they were in heaps of debt. They had terrible facilities. And they were a pretty weak side. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Bartlett had just taken over as coach when I was there. And the under-19s coach was a guy, Doug Searle. And um, I didn't hit it off with him. I didn't... Um, I think because I was did all this senior training and then all of a sudden they've said, no, you can go back to the under-19s. I think he was a bit put out that they just pushed me back and said, he's got to play with you. Yeah. Right. So we had a, didn't have a great relationship. Um, he didn't think I was, you know, much good, which was... He, he, he didn't give me a lot of opportunities. I didn't play on the ball a lot. I played in the forward pocket a lot. So, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But Jim Jess was there, Dale Waitman, Mark Lee, uh, Michael Roach had just retired. Matty Knights played, that year played under-19s, seconds and reserves <laughs> in one year. All so in the one year. I think he came third in the 19s B&F and won the reserves B&F and played four <laughs> senior games. He did pretty well. Yeah, there was there was definitely some really good footballers there, but uh, Dale Waitman would be the cream of the crop, I think, in that side. Yeah, okay. At that time. So then the rest of that year you went on, you played with Frankston, as you said. Yeah, I went, I went and played at Frankston after Richmond gave me the freak. Yeah. And then I left, I went over to Western Australia. This interruption is courtesy of Peter Garrett, who stands at the steps of Parliament to give you an update on COVID-19. G'day everyone, Pete here saying the beds are no longer burning. We're looking for ahead to blue skies and we'll go forward as one country. I know you still got your power and your passion and this won't be a forgotten year. We don't have any short memories. We'll be back hopefully soon. And looking back, we'll say, read about Well, thanks for joining the podcast, Peter. But for now, I think we've heard just about enough from you. Back to our chat with Andrew Wiskin. So then yeah. you went, you moved to Perth. I think it might have been um, going for another chance at making it. So a what big I time. did was I was a bit, I was a bit down in the dumps with footy, to be honest. I was yeah. sort of a bit like, oh, you know, you have these dreams of you're going to play VFL or AFL, and then when you nearly, you sort of get that opportunity, and then that's taken away from you. It's a bit of a kick in the guts, and you've sort of got to reassess why you play footy but I went to WA because my older brother Stephen was living over there and um, I just said he said to me we spoke about it and he said East Perth's the weakest club <laughs> so they'll probably give you an opportunity so I remember <laughs> I don't know how to feel about yeah. that statement <laughs> so, but anyway I, I rocked up and I again didn't learn you know I, I rocked up there I'd actually had an operation on my nose, which clearly hasn't worked, if you look at it. <laughs> but I had an operation on my nose before I left, so I didn't, I wasn't fit, and I went over there, and it was stinking hot, so hot. And I started doing pre-season with East Perth, and it was just a grind all the way through. And I managed, they, I managed to make their list, and I played, I think I played the first four games in the reserves, and I actually, surprisingly, I played really quite well yeah kicked a few goals and and did really well and then I got selected to play in the seniors played two games in the seniors and then it was the big fall from grace from there so I played two games in the seniors I did okay didn't get a lot you know on and off the bench a bit didn't get a lot of opportunity but I thought oh, I can do you know like I didn't feel like I was out of my depth thought oh, I can do this and then um bit of lack of opportunity I just I got dropped back to the seconds and then I reckon you know mentally I was shot and then eventually I got dropped from the seconds really so I went up went there played reserves 
Yep. Played seniors, got dropped to the seconds. <laughs> this is a bit of a And form. then got dropped from the seconds. <laughs> <laughs> from there, I think I, I, you know, stupidly, I should have hung around, and but I didn't, and I just thought, ah, oh, bugger this. So I went and played with my brother in the Sunday League, which was like the VFA in, in Western Australia, and that's where all the money was. And I, I didn't go there. I wasn't getting big money or anything, but there was a lot of bloody good footballers playing in that team. Yeah. And I played for a team called Canning, which wore Richmond colours, funny enough, funnily enough. And um, I played the last half of the year there. And this is how bad I was going. So even when I was there, I think after I'd played about three or four games in the seniors, I was struggling. Oh, they weren't happy with how I was going. And I got picked on the bench in the seniors in a game. And I thought, oh, Jesus. And I've gone like, <laughs> in that year, I've gone from the waffle. To drop the, the reserves, to drop from the reserves, to playing in like the next comp down, playing in the seniors and nearly getting dropped from that. So I was, oh. mentally I was shot to you, bits. You would have been. Um, but I remember getting picked on the bench and my older brother said to me, oh, you know, they're uh, he's five years old and he goes, oh, they're not... Um, they wanted to drop you, but they thought they'd give you one last chance. And I sort of thought, oh, we are at crisis point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, um, so I, luckily for me, um, <laughs> I, I started on the bench in that game and um, someone got injured pretty early. So I went on and I had a good game, got best on ground. Very and good. then that was it. So then I was okay after that. <laughs> I think we finished fifth and we ended up making the preliminary final and lost. So we won a couple of finals along the way. And then the next year I played at Canning again. Yep. So 1990 was when I played my last year at Canning. And I had a pretty good year that year. I, fin- th- I finished third in the best and fairest that year. And um, me, my older brother Stephen, and another mate of ours, Tony Watson, who was a ruckman, we went and all trained at Perth Football Club in the Waffle. So um, we did. A, I did a whole pre-season for, in the Waffle with Perth and we... I got really fit. We had a pre-season comp of Gaelic footy against the other waffle team. Heaps of running and it was really, really, really good and I was sort of going pretty well and I was going to uni over there studying secondary school teaching but Jesus Jacob, I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't too motivated. I was a big fan of that. Nah. So I'd sort of, you know, I still didn't know what I wanted to do and... So does that mean you were in Perth when the 1990 grand final rolled around? No. Well, funny you say that, Jacob, because in 1990 I turned 21 I thought I could have my 21st after the week of the grand final, the week before, and then I can stay and I'll be there for the grand final. And there was a draw, if you don't remember. If you remember, West Coast and Collingwood drew. In the prelim? In a a final. Oh, right. I didn't know that. And then what happened was that pushed the finals back. Right. So the grand final was actually in October when Collingwood won it, not the last Saturday in September. I didn't know that. Because there was a draw and West Coast and Collingwood played again. So when Collingwood actually did play in the grand final, I was back in WA. So I was. So you were in WA? Yeah, for the the actual grand final. But the week before I was in Melbourne. What are your memories of watching that game? Who were you surrounded by? I was funny. My brother, who's Collingwood, my older brother... We watched it at his house. He'd bought a house. We were living in Scarborough. I, I do remember we were pumped and, you know, got all excited. And we got that excited. We went up to, back then you had the video shop. We went up to the video shop and we hired a video called The Club. Do you remember that movie? Uh, so I think there's the, been remakes. Yeah, so the, we, we hired the original The Club yeah. and we watched that and just laughed about what, before, it. Before the grandfather? After it. Because we go, oh, we've won one. You know, finally Collingwood have won one. So. Yeah. 
yeah, it was pretty pretty funny. Looking so, back now, who do you reckon you sort of modelled your game off in terms of out of that Collingwood side? I I I think you'd probably be a fan of like the Darren Mullane, Mick McGowan yeah, type. Yeah, but I was probably sadly like a Tony Shaw, just a plotter. Just a Tony. Shaw. <laughs> you know, I can a see a that now you say it. Yeah. So really, that's probably what I was like I mean, yeah. as a footballer, I suppose. So yeah, so I played. I trained in Perth. Trained for Perth and was doing uni, and I was going out with a girl who was a bit of a psychopath at the time. <laughs> And she'd come over to Western Australia and she went back and lo and behold, what do you reckon I did, Jacob? She uh, went back to Melbourne. So what do you reckon I would have done? You would have went back to Melbourne. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. I went back to Melbourne. <laughs> so I moved back to Melbourne and lived with some mates in Brunswick. And I play, went and started training at Frankston Dolphins again. All the way from Brunswick? All the way from Brunswick to okay. Frankston. And it was good because I was fit. I was really fit when because I, I came late. I think it was like, it might have been January or February when I came back, but I'd been doing heaps of training, so I felt good. And um, played, I think I played the first four or five games in the seniors at Frankston that year. And then got dropped to the twos for a couple of games and then went back up and played another three or four games and all the sh- stuff that went on before of my tolerance level and I was probably a bit sulky anyway but I remember one day getting dropped from the senior and I, I used to review our games and I'd had 20 odd possessions and kick three goals so I thought I had a pretty good game but I got dropped. Yeah. So I was on the bones of my ass. As you know, Jacob, being a uni student, it's a poor man's <laughs> existence, isn't it? Yeah. And... Um, the president of Hastings got in touch with me and they wanted me to come back to Hastings and they offered me some pretty good money to go back. So when I was on the, when I had the arse out of my pants and I got offered reasonable money to go back to Hastings, I took it. While we're on the topic of Hastings, how good has it been to get out of the house lately and have a sit-down meal? Well, from the 23rd of June, Lapakata Hastings are reopening their doors to the public and promising to be back better than ever. Open five days a week, 11.30 till 9, excluding Mondays and Wednesdays. They'll now be offering dine-in services as well as delivery. And I tell you what, I may just find myself down there on a Tuesday night for their $10 Palmer night. What a treat. La Paqueta Hastings have supported the club in the last few years and now is a better time than ever to return the favour. So make sure you get on down to La Paqueta, located opposite the roundabout as you enter the main drag of High Street. And make sure to give a shout out to CPFNC community member Steve. For all the hard work he's been doing behind the scenes. So did you go oh, back to Hastings in the back half of 91? Back half of 91. And then it rolls around to 92 and there you go, you're a premiership player. Yeah. Do you remember much of that year? Yeah, because 91, Jim O'Day coached Hastings. Jim O'Day played league footy for St Kilda. Yeah. We played finals that year. My mate, Tony, who was at Essendon, he actually left Essendon, didn't get the flick, and he came back to Hastings and played the last three games for Hastings and finals. So we played, that's about the only footy, real senior footy we played together, except when we were really young. So he came back and we played, and uh, we lost the second semi. That was it. So, yeah, 92, Paddy Foy was a late appointment for Hastings as playing coach, and he put in for heaps of jobs and didn't get any, and which I think is unbelievable because he's been an absolutely awesome mm. um, servient for Hastings and a great footballer, great coach. So yeah, he came in 92 and I was keen, I don't know why I was keen to do it, it's so young, I was really young, but I was assistant coach of 
Hastings in 92. And, um, yeah, we had a pretty good year and ended up winning the flag. Yeah. So that was, that was good. It's funny, our memories of... I actually got a photo today on Messenger from Shane Speary, Swampy, they all call him, yep. just out of the blue, and it was a photo of us celebrating on the... Um, balcony of the Hastings Shire office <laughs> in 1992 so there you go would that be the morning after ah uh, yeah probably back the then you used to, when you won a, when you win, won a premiership at Hastings you rode around on the truck the next day or the <laughs> Monday it was, it was a bloody funny funny time up and down the main street up and down the main street <laughs> that was a bit of a tradition I think they still do it enough they did yeah I think they did it in 2016 but definitely 92 and 95 when we won Another one there. Yeah, so we'll, we'll skip forward to 95. Yeah. So I'm going to take you about halfway through the year. Yeah. I think Andrew Hamill was the, was the captain coach of that stage. Steve Hamill. Steve Hamill, sorry, not Andrew yeah. Hamill. You was mixed, a, uh, Andrew Shannon and Steve Yeah, Hamill I mixed them there. together. Yeah. Superhuman. Yeah. Um, it Was he the captain coach at the time? Steve Hamill was the coach. The coach. Playing coach. Playing coach. And Simon Power was the captain, who was the captain in 1992. Yeah. So there was a training session about halfway through the year, and I think Steve may have mentioned to the group that um, if you win the grand final this year, boys, I'm getting a tattoo. I promise you I'm getting a tattoo. Yeah. And um, you roll around to the grand final, you obviously win it. And I think this might have been out of Hammer's mind by that stage. Yeah. And then he recalls getting a knock on the door at about 10 a.m. the next morning yeah. from you, yeah. who was very keen to get this tattoo. Yeah. And then apparently you drove him down to... Um, the Hastings tattoo shot, the one that used to be yeah, near, yeah, near the train near the line. Yeah. And um, apparently Steve said, all right, well, you're going to make me do it on first up. I'm going to get it done. So he, he turned around and he got the tattoo on the ass apparently. Yeah. And then he goes, all right, Andrew, your turn. And he recalls that you spat the dummy out. Yeah. Is that, is that how it when went? When I was getting it done. Yeah, when you were yeah, getting it, was, it done. Yeah, it was, up, my pain threshold wasn't great. <laughs> so yeah, no, it did, it did, it, um, I do remember that. And, uh, yeah, it did bloody hurt. <laughs> it did bloody hurt. hurt a lot. And, so, then, and I remember Gene Smith, who was our tough guy, he was just laughing at me and just, yeah, but it was pretty pretty painful. Yeah, and then obviously Hammer had um, got stuck into you a bit. I, th- I think the next week rolls around its presentation yeah, evening. Do you was. remember this? And he didn't tell his mum mum and dad that he, he didn't have a tattoo. <laughs> he but, didn't tell. But I did. Do you remember what happened there? Like, do you remember I getting up? I do remember getting up on stage and saying something about it and... Ken and Bev, I think Bev was a bit, his mum, she was a little bit horrified by it. Yeah, couldn't look at him the same so, way. Yeah, it was, it was funny, funny times. Yeah, what other memories do you have of that year, 95? Uh, Maybe the game itself even? The thing, the thing with that year probably, with footy-wise, our ground was cooked at Hastings, you couldn't train on it. Mm. And in hindsight, it was probably a blessing because... We had Bruce Mesley was our fitness guy of, uh, you know, Bruce. He the Mez. The Mez, Mezzo, who's still doing the same thing. But uh, Bruce was our fitness guy, and because we couldn't train on the Oval, we did like a pre-season yeah, right. during footy season. So we'd just bring our runners. We trained in um, one of the uh, Greg Bradshaw's fruit shed in Stumpy Gully Road. We trained at the car park at the Hastings Marina. How did we get to the car park? We ran there. We ran back. So that's all we did. And we just, we got probably fitter again. Mm. But we had a pretty good time. I would say, you know, talent-wise, that being the higher division, that team, 1995, was a very strong team. 
Yeah. Very because we played Pines and Pines had a very talented team. They had uh, Shay Williams's father, Jacko Paul. He was in that team and they had a heap of good players. Um, but yeah, we got over the line. So yeah, I'm not sure how us boys would go um, if we were to do a preseason half as for the year with Mesley. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, shout out to Mes. I know yeah. he's listening. Uh, well, yeah, it. no, Brucey. It was it. It was the, It was definitely the difference. He was the difference. Yeah, uh, that's. I think that's why we employed him this year, looking to be the difference. Well, and, I always uh, say you got you. It's a running game, and if you can <laughs> learn to like running, which I never really did, but don't have to be the quickest, but you just have to go all day. Well, if there's one man that loves running, I think it is. It yeah, is him, Brucey. Yeah, that's it for sure. All right, so around the same time, I think you must have met Megan around this same time. She was playing netball at Hastings at the time. No, mate. she wasn't. Point, sorry. No, she wasn't no. even play, not playing netball there. No, she I wasn't met playing. Megan in 1993. 93, so a few years I back. I think. So I met her, I remember, you did Kings Creek, the Joker nightclub. You met the no. Kings, no. Creek, <laughs> Kings Creek Friday night. Saturday night, Kings Creek was karaoke night oh. for the first 15 years it was open, Jacob. Why have they stopped that? So um, <laughs> I remember being there one night after footy and I saw her because I knew Megan's two bro- older brothers well. Yeah. And I remember she walked past. She'd been a bridesmaid at a wedding and I, she walked past and I said, oh, that's Joyce's little sister. She's all right. That was the thing I said in my head. <laughs> And then, and then I went out with a mate of mine who unfortunately only just passed away about two months ago, Brendan May. Um, we went out for a night at the cruise club in Mornington, and she was there. I know that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's we, where you... we went to. We met at the cruise club. So, so the cruise club is where you first hooked up. Is that correct? It is. Yep. First, right. and I just graduated from the police force, so I was uh, I was living with a mate in South Melbourne because I was working in Melbourne. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so met her at the end of 93. She never, The thing was, I suppose, for me going to Crib Point, the carrot was she was a Crib Point footy club supporter. Right. I thought she'd played netball there. No. Not they quite. didn't have the netball then. Right. She was involved in the footy club, like, just, you know, socially and yep. went to the footy. They lived nearly over the road from the ground. Yeah. So... Yeah, so, it, was, it wasn't met with resistance playing footy at Hastings, but it, life would have been a lot easier if I played footy at Good Point. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So do you reckon that maybe helps explain why Joel spends most of his Saturday nights at the cruise club? Trying looking to follow up to his mother's life. I think Joel went out more when he was 17 than now, or you can't mm. go out anywhere at the no, moment, can you? He, so he probably maybe does. We all should have a function at the cruise club, maybe we oh, head out. We actually did that Down a few years old. ago. A few years ago, yeah. a few of the boys got yeah. together. Talk e- about Ev it. DeClouver would be in it. He was he, there. He, he was there. Him yeah. and Michelle were there one yeah. night, I remember. Yeah. There's Very actually good. there's a great photo going around of Harry and Evan Michelle at the cruise club, if, yeah. you, if you get your hands on it. Yeah, no, that, that, that is. <laughs> well, it's an odd way to finish the first instalment of the podcast, but I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you haven't already, make sure you jump on Instagram and follow us at cpfnc underscore podcast, where I'll be providing rolling updates. Also, feel free to provide any feedback on the pod, and maybe you could even chuck in a few cheeky suggestions on who we should consider getting on. In the next instalment, Andrew takes us through his playing days at Crip Point, including his heroic efforts in the 2001 Grand Final, his involvement at the club after his playing days, and his more recent efforts of coaching. I hope you can join us then and don't forget to look out for one another. Big love, your host, Jacob.